Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry and of course this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. And today we are very excited to be talking to you about the also recent release, Bob Odenkirk Vehicle, Nobody. So they took maybe 20 bucks and an old watch? Mr. Madsen, would you even take a swing? No. Could have taken her, Dad. Heard you had some excitement last night. I wish they'd have picked my place, you know? Why didn't you take him out? I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. Yeah, how's that working out for you? You okay? Because you don't look okay. There's a long dormant piece of me that so very badly wants out. What are you still doing here, old man? I'm gonna fuck you up. It's been a hell of a day. You can see that. For 12 years, I worked for some very dangerous people. Everybody gets to the basement. What is happening? Don't call 911. I used to be what they call an auditor. The last guy anyone wants to see at their door. Because it meant you didn't have long to live. But I left it behind to start a family. I might have, uh, Overcorrected. When you left, you abandoned a certain debt that needs repayment. And your creditor is aware of your resurrection. They came after my family. They stole my kitty cat bracelet. And you don't fucking do that. Give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet! You look like shit, Dad. You should see the other guys. Who the fuck are you? Me? I'm nobody. only February 26th. Do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I do. And as you said, this was a pretty recent release. Uh, March 26th is when this hit theaters. Uh, I don't want to pronounce the name of the director because I don't think I can. So we're just going to skip over that. But anyway, Emmy winner Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, blah, blah, blah. Stars as Hutch Mansell, an underestimated and overlooked dad and husband, taking life's indignities on the chin and never pushing back. A nobody. When two thieves break into a suburban home one night. Oh, this is a really long synopsis. <laughs> I should have read ahead on this. Uh, and we blah, get blah, it. blah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just let's just tell him. We'll just tell him he, what it it's, is. You know, he they 
break into his home. He doesn't fight back. He feels like a wimp. And it turns out he's far from a wimp. And he later fights back and hilarity ensues. So it, it, it co-starring with him is Connie Nielsen, Christopher Lloyd, Riza, Michael Ironside, and so on. So what did you think? I, I, I liked it. Um, I like Bob. Okay. Lodekirk. The end. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't love it. Uh, but I, it was entertaining enough. It was, it was enjoyable. I feel like if I had my ability, my wish, like if I could kind of would have, could have, should have a few things different about it, I, I would have, um, this is an interesting Bob Odenkirk vehicle. Uh, right. I mean, so this is new. We spoil these movies. So if you don't want to hear everything that happens and you whatever, go watch it. Uh, don't listen to us. But that being said, you know, so the reveal, of course, is that he's some sort of uh, elite special forces badass right like he's mm -hmm. just um a kind of a john wick character and let me stop you for one second this is the writer of all of the john wick movies okay which i've not seen any of those have you seen any i, I can't remember if you said i've seen you... them and that makes a ton of sense because it's baloney um and you know i like a lot of movies that are baloney so you know, I'm not, it doesn't, everything has, doesn't have to be a documentary, but there's just something in the tone of it. It's going for like fun guns and, you know, fist fights and stuff. I think the action is actually pulse quickening and entertaining. I, I think what I'm trying to put my finger on is there was something about the kind of so there's a there's a couple points where plausibility took me out of it so this guy is sort of an ex i don't remember how he described himself he's not like a fixer but he's like a super elite like as far as the government's concerned he doesn't exist anymore right he's literally nobody but he's a super trained killer and the red herring at the beginning is that these kind of inept burglars break into his house and he and his son kind of get the drop on him and he has an opportunity to clobber the the female burglar who is holding a gun <laughs> which felt implausible to me but he has an opportunity to clobber her with a with a golf club and he doesn't and so his son and a cop and like everybody looks at him like, oh, you empty man, you impotent wimp, right? And then his kind of hangdog thing, we're supposed to think, oh, that's how he thinks of himself too. But in pretty short order, I guess it's the, is it on the bus? In pretty short order, he sort of, snaps and then you and then we're supposed to realize oh no he's like a recovering addict for this 
you know, ultra violence. Like he myth, he really wanted to beat the crap out of these two people that broke into his home, but he's trying not to mess people up, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. He's trying to be the suburban dad and father and live that life, which I've arrived at the big implausibility earlier than I intended to, I think, but that was what he's like, you know, I, I was going to kill a guy. And then instead I, I let him go and I followed him expecting him to be like doing bad stuff again, but no, he had a wife and kids and they were all sitting around the table and helping his kids with his homework. And I'm like, no. And he's like, and he's like, I wouldn't have ever believed it would have happened. I'm like, because it's not plausible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, but he's like, so then I thought I could have that too. And I'm just like, I don't know. That's a big, if you want to tell me that when the universe was created five infinity stones, that control, I'm like, that is just so stupid that you either say, I'm going to turn this off and leave, which my wife would have done, or I'm going to say, okay, whatever. Like, please don't talk about them anymore. <laughs> just mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll choke that stupid piece of baloney down and we'll go from there. Um, but it, in this one, I felt like, um, maybe if the, if the idyllic life he was trying to lead, wasn't quite so LL Bean catalog suburban. I mean, it's not implausible for me to think that he had a family Right. I don't know. But the John Wickiness of it is like in the John Wick movies, there's this there's like this league of assassins and this whole shadow guild of underground. You're just like. I didn't read the books, but in the movies anyway, it just feels Are those books. I think so. Oh, okay. I don't I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. Shakespeare wrote them. Uh, um, They're, they're adapted from Shakespeare. But it, it, they're in there because it's supposed to be fun. And I just found it distracting. Like if you're going to do, you know, there's a whole genre of movie that's like revenge movie. And it's like, I think of Mel Gibson or, you know, something horrible happens. So taken, somebody takes his daughter or somebody murders his son. And then it's just a bloodbath of this person clawing his way up the criminal ladder, offing bad guys bosses until you get up to the big boss right Mm -hmm. and that's the whole catharsis of this movie is pent up i want to say white male rage uh unleashed um and i think this kind of falls into that except it's bob odenkirk and it is funny sometimes it's certainly not the funniest thing bob odenkirk's ever done I don't know. I've been talking this whole time. What, what did you think of it? So I, so as I said a few minutes ago, I've not seen any of the John Wick movies. So if I had, I probably would have gone into this with a little bit of a different mindset. And this is one of these things where it's kind of, it's my fault and not necessarily the movie's fault in a way. I was expecting a more serious film than this. Uh, from the i mean it'd been a while since i saw the trailer but i you know i i expected it to be somewhat cartoony but i was with this for about the first half hour or so so you brought up the thing this couple breaks in to his house you know and he and it's it's um 
I was already starting to laugh, you know, even though I was with it because everything is so telegraphed from a standpoint. He is so emasculate, emasculated. He's got the next door neighbor with the hot rod car and, you know, and you know, okay, he's going to take the guy's car at some point. There's scenes where I assume this is, was on purpose. It really stood out to me, but even he's standing next to his wife and his wife like towers over him. And I just thought to myself, his wife could probably beat him up, you know, not knowing the, you know, take away the, he's the special forces guy or whatever. But so they, uh, when they break into his house, they take his watch and he, he thinks that they stole his daughter's kitten bracelet. Cause there's a scene where she's like, I can't find my kitten bracelet. And you know, that kind of sets him off to go after them. So he goes to the, to the home of this couple and, you know, he holds a gun to their head and he's like, I want my watch back. And where's the kitten bracelet? And they're like, we don't know. Right. He and hunts he, him down. He sees a, he sees a tattoo on her wrist. Right. So he goes, yeah, and he goes around tattoo to parlor, tattoo, tattoo places, parlor. Yeah. He goes looking for that tattoo and finds it. So he then, you know, he's holding them at gunpoint and he hears a baby cry and he goes to the bedroom where they have this baby and the baby is hooked up to oxygen. So he realizes, oh, and, and there's, and he says even before that, that he knew these people were scared when, when they were in his house. So it was like, he wasn't going to beat them up or kill them because they were just desperate people or whatever. So he realizes, you know, they have this, they're, they're poor people with this sick baby. And, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe there's going to be a little bit of depth to this. And then they never come back to that. There's nope. nothing ever again. I mean, I guess that's to show that he's somewhat human, so then the next scene is he leaves there and he's on a bus. He doesn't even, he's so emasculated that he doesn't even have a car. His wife's the only one with the car, right? He can't drive the car. He's got to ride the bus everywhere. I mean, it's just so ridiculous how. And he works know, at his brother-in-law and father-in-law's like. And he's metal just working. Numbers, they have you some know. construction thing. And his, his brother-in-law is like this tough guy, you know, that it's and just so the son is doing a project on a veteran and he's asking his dad about being a veteran and his mom says why don't you ask uncle whatever he was a real soldier or something i mean it's yeah we get it we get it they are just keep heaping it on the cop comes he's like you didn't even take a swing at him oh if it was as my if family, a cop would say like, that because that's somebody. how cops talk right so and that's yeah. that's what that's what loving couples with the sick baby do is they get a gun they don't load it and they go burglarize a suburban household because that's how you get money for your baby like yeah it, it, uh, human beings don't do these things a relative of mine that. a relative yeah that was so ridiculous i was laughing at that a relative of mine uh he one night he used to walk as he was like a night owl and used to walk his dog late at night and uh he had his laptop like in his kitchen and it was right in a window where like if somebody walked by, they could see it. So it's like two or three o'clock in the morning. He's walking his dog. He hears glass break. He runs back. A guy has broken out his window and jumped in to grab his laptop. And he goes in after the guy and the guy takes off anyway, you know, gets away. He calls the police 
And he tells them what happened. And the police are like, you should never do that. He, they were just like, just let the guy take the laptop and don't go back in the house. The guy could have killed you. You know? So, I mean, that's what a real life cop right. is going to do. Right. Right. So anyway, we, the next point we get to, you know, but even with this ridiculousness, I'm still with the movie. And so then he's taking the bus home from the apartment or whatever of, of this couple and a, they're at a stoplight or whatever. And this, you know, Range Rover full of Russians crashes. They're all drunk. They get on the bus. There's a young woman on the bus. They're going to, you know, assault her or whatever. And then he's just like, Oh, now I'm going to F these guys up. He takes his gun and drops the bullets out and everything. And just, Shows them. To, shows, shows them. Yeah, that doesn't mean and proceeds to he gets first. He gets everybody off the bus. Yeah, he gets the driver off the bus, shuts the door, pulls a gun out, empties. So they're all still sitting there looking at him. You know, the girl is still on the bus, empties the cartridge, you know. Go ahead. So anyway, so he just proceeds to, you know, beat all these guys up, but they throw him through the, you know, the side window and he gets up from that and everything. But still at this point, I'm still, that was well choreographed and it's ridiculous, but it's, you know, whatever. But then it turns out that, oh, he messed with the wrong people because they work for this Russian oligarch or whatever. And so then it continues to just escalate and escalate and escalate from, and then I I was just like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to turn my brain off and watch the, the silliness, but. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it could have been a little bit grounded, but it just come, turns into a cartoon at that point, you yeah. know? And again, maybe that's my fault that, I, that this wasn't what I was expecting. I didn't know it was going to be this ridiculous and cartoonish. And honestly, Bob Odenkirk is kind of the only thing that saves this to me. If this would have starred you know, Mark Wahlberg or uh, Vin Diesel, it would have been unwatchable. <laughs> you know? I like Christopher <laughs> Lloyd in it too. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd and RZA. And you have a, uh, a, a very brief scene with Michael Ironside, who's almost unrecognizable. I mean, I hadn't seen him in a long time, but if I didn't know it was him, I don't think I would have known it was he's him. He's the father-in-law, know? yeah. He doesn't yeah. really do anything, but he's... No, no, he's not. He doesn't get to be Michael Ironside. I don't know why you put him in to just be a grandpa, you know? Um, but so I, I was... And the thing that's amazing is I, I just feel like this is one where, wow, I'm really out of step with other people. Um it's like a 7.4 on IMDb rotten tomatoes as an 84%. I mean, on the one hand, I'm happy for, I really like Bob Odenkirk. So I'm happy for him to, you know, get this. And it, it's also what I talk about so much on this show. It's a movie. It was a $16 million budget. It made 55 million. And so they're making a sequel. Um, So you know, it's nice that a lower budget movie that's not a horror movie is able to do that. But it just, I just didn't like this very much. And you know that the sequel will be the same. It's not, I don't object to the violence. 
it's just the silliness that bothered me. You it's know, the it's tone. Just, it's yeah. the tone that I don't, I mean, I feel like it's made for a much younger, I want to say 15 year olds, but it's too mature. I mean, it's the violence is too, but it's, it's aiming at that kind of high school, like they lay it on those so thick as though they think the audience is not going to be paying attention or is too stupid to get it. Like there's many different ways you could have told this story where it felt less silly, less cartoony, mm -hmm. where yeah. maybe you tried harder to make the family feel plausible and you, you made all the little emasculating cuts, right? If it's really about this guy who... misses the life didn't think he was going to miss the life but misses the life i think there's a lot of interesting human stuff to mine there because it's morally complicated maybe less so in a theater of war mm -hmm. but in suburban america you know there's a lot of complicated stuff of vigilantism and thinking you're above the law and not caring and realizing this is not good for your family but discovering that you want to do it anyway, right? I mean, there's a lot to wrestle with there. It doesn't have to be like Oscar, you know, Oscar bait drama, but it also, you could lose some of the, like, it had one foot in um, in a comic book world. And John Wick does too, where it's like, yeah, but it would be cool if there's like a league of assassins. And I'm like, I don't need that to enjoy a movie like this, but no. It's very clearly part of the whole um, conceptualization of this this type of story, right? Yeah. Um, and then I, 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 you know, I feel like it was just beating a dead horse with the emasculating, like, oh, you didn't even take us again, and the guy with the car. And then so Odenkirk, like, at the end, steals that car and hotwires it and has this moment where he, like, repeats what the guy said to him like that's been a slow fuse burning in him the whole time and then i thought well then then odin kirk isn't the right guy to cast for this yeah right like if that's what you want then maybe a mark Wahlberg would have been a better you get the sense that oh well you think you're better than me like going on in that type of a character that Odenkirk doesn't, I'm not saying he's incapable of it, but he doesn't bring to this. He gets the, he nails the hangdog stuff, right. but he nails the hangdog stuff so, so well that it makes the special forces stuff feel like he went to, he clearly went to the gym and he, he got toned up and he's in good shape for this. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just because we have come to see uh you know superhero movies and everybody needs to look like hugh jackman as wolverine to be plausible as a you know martial arts person but he doesn't look uh capable of doing the choreography is great and it's he, he executes it but you know when he's like got his shirt off he's like patching himself up you don't buy it you're like this you could lift a guy you could throw a guy through a window I mean, what do I know? But I'm just by the by what movies establish what we expect in movies today. And this is a cartoony enough movie that Bob Odenkirk just looks like a regular guy. He doesn't yeah. look like. I mean, we constantly see the Mark Wahlbergs who are pumped up 
you know, they put him in glasses and a tie and he's just supposed to be the regular guy. He just looks like Mark Wahlberg in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, he doesn't look like anyone I know. He yeah. looks like a guy who spends a lot of time in the gym. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, and this is, again, this is me more than the movie, I guess, but I don't understand the need with modern action movies. We have comic book movies. We have superhero movies. You can make action movies without them being superheroes. You know, the the movies that we had in the 80s were ridiculous to a degree. And it's not necessarily fair to complete to compare this movie to something like Die Hard, which is an action classic. But you watch Die Hard and you think, okay, probably this guy would get killed, right? But it may be humanly possible to be on top of a building and tie a fire hose around your waist and jump off. But it's not possible to be in the trunk of a car that runs into a light pole or whatever it is and everybody else gets killed and he gets out and jogs home. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, I can you not put a little, little bit, I mean, I know suspension of disbelief and all that, but can you not put a little realism in it? I don't know. Again, no, that, that's mean, what I, yeah, modern I, action seems to be, you know, to me, I don't know. It's a quibble. I feel like we've been super negative the whole time, but I mean, I, I, I didn't, I rolled my eyes several times during yeah. this and I sort of, you know, prudishly clucked tisk to my tongue being like, Oh, that's, you didn't need to do it that way. But I, I like Bob Odenkirk. I do think he carries the movie. And yeah. I think that the, the, the uh, action sequences are really well executed. Um, and I did, you know, I think for a certain audience, if, if the litmus test is, would you sit down with, you know, your date who's also into this and a big thing of popcorn and, and enjoy it? I'm like, yeah, probably. I, I mean, I did. I, I, yeah. I, I never got bored. I never felt like I wanted to turn it off. All of these are kind of like. No, it's 90 minutes. Yeah, I'm, I feel like a comic book nerd being like, Batman wouldn't do that because Batman is like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, I just felt like, you know, it's not how I would have directed or executed this this material. I'd have, right. I'd have swum against the the cheesy current of ham. I thought with Bob Odenkirk, maybe it would be. Yeah, you know, a again, I don't want to. I can suspend my disbelief and I don't want to nitpick everything and all that. And I know action movies are, you know, we watched Rambo and all that stuff, but it's just, you get to a point of, like I say, where they're superheroes rather than even any plausibility of being a human, you know? And I thought, Oh, with Bob Odenkirk, you can have a guy that it's like, Oh, he's going to get, right. You know, beat up and, you know, uh, I don't know. And, and it was the Russian me. mob. I'm like, oh, not the Yakuza? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just like, it can't just be, it can't just be, I don't know, some bad guys, have done a gang, a... or I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be a Russian mob. And that comes with the full, the gold chains and the shiny suits and the, 
accents that are thicker than the sole of your shoe, you know, well, we must not take far from man. You're just kind of like, wow, we get it. We get it. We get it. And, you know, you could have done a, and I realize, you know, this is a niche film that we did that, you know, didn't make 50 or a hundred million dollars or whatever, but you could do a kind of a blue ruin, a little bit more, you know, of a cloud crowd pleasing blue ruin where it's like all these people break into his house. He doesn't have, you know, he, whatever wimps out and doesn't stop them. And then he goes and, you know, takes out his revenge and then their family comes after him, you know, and they're sure. humans, but, and they're no match for this guy with all this special training instead of he kills 50 people. And, you know, they're, you know, I, I don't know. And he looks really beat up. Like the, the movie does, spends yeah. a lot of time showing him uh, taking a licking, but mm -hmm. keeping on ticking. And, and yet, like, it doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem to actually live on him. Like, if anything, there's an element, there's almost a kind of a, Like he wants to get the shit kicked out of him. Like in mm -hmm. some ways he's so fast on the attack, but he leaves it. He feels almost like he's leaving himself open for these guys to like throw him through a window. I mean, he gets the tar beat out of him. And yet, you know, he's still able to like jog home out of their trunk. And it's yeah, like, that... he doesn't, it's like a superhero movie in that regard. Like yes. he's all bruised and nicked up. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't break his ribs. He doesn't break a bone. It doesn't mean he's, he's hurt. He for, doesn't slow him down at all. He's hurt for 30 seconds and then he just keeps on going. Yeah. And in the next scene, he might still have the makeup, but he there's nothing to it. And I, I think it would be interesting even if you explored. So you just spent more time peeling the onions of the characters, right? Like, yeah. And his wife kind of comes to acceptance pretty quickly. And you wonder, well, how much did she know about this? Well, that was past? another thing that was silly to me is for a while, I thought maybe this would be like a true lies where it's like he's has this totally secret life that she doesn't know about. She's just always known him as this meek, you know, guy. And that's why they don't sleep together anymore, because She's just not attracted to him now because he's a wimp or whatever in her mind, you know? Yeah. But and, and that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. By the yeah. Way. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but you, you know the what wimp. I'm saying? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, but with this, that would have been plausible that like she knew that he had this life that she knew nothing about and nobody else knew anything about. Cause it's just be like, this guy is this badass, you know, he's just this little skinny guy. But after he gets, uh, after he fights the guys on the bus, he comes home and she stitches him up and it's like, oh, it's just like old times. So she knows yeah. some or all of what he was involved in. And she's not like, oh, you know, you could have taken out the, the robbers with, you know, one hand tied behind your back and you didn't, you know what I mean? It just, that didn't make any sense. But I think it, you could have done it without slowing the movie down at all. And I think it would have made the whole thing a lot more interesting. Yeah. A lot more. It would have just added this depth. I think, I think really that's that very thing is what keeps me 
scratching at it is it's I, I don't really mind that it's silly or or stupid. I thought the movie was fun. Yeah, I, I wished they'd have, I wish they'd have just honored the material that they had, you know, just just go ahead and let because you've got good actors here. And the let him go deeper. Good. Let him just let him go deeper. No, no, that's fine. Moving on is what it felt like. And I'm like, let it be a better movie, <laughs> you know. And there was more than one time in the film where, you know, he's in an alleyway and it's raining, and I just thought, wow, that is a really nice shot. You know, it's a good looking movie and everything. Yeah. So technically, there's nothing wrong with it. It's no. Just, I don't know. There was one one moment that I, I thought was a cartoony moment, but I actually really liked also when he's going from tattoo parlor to tattoo parlor with a little, you know, cocktail napkin diagram of what he saw on the robber's wrist. He goes into one pretty shady place and they kind of lock the door and bolt deadbolt the door behind him. And there's some heavies and there's a guy behind a counter and there's an old guy. And and it's clear that they're gonna mess him up or roll him it's not clear why other than you ask questions in a tattoo parlor and he's vulnerable right yeah um and so they're kind of closing the circle around him and he's holding out the he's holding out the the diagram and the old guy who's wearing like i don't know nom or something notices on odenkirk's wrist that he's got this kind of little tattoo of two cards playing cards Mm -hmm. and the old man recognizes the tattoo and i really i I really it's a funny moment his eyes go wide and his face goes pale and he stands up and he as he's sort of shoulders by uh bob odenkirk he's like thank you for your service he just (laughs) this guy was like egging these young guys on to like you know, kill this turkey or whatever. And then he goes and he like locks himself behind another big door. There's a window and he's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. through the window while he watches. And then all the other guys are like, they see this. And then the, the other the like, sort of the hell is this boss guy? is like, how can we help you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take their cue from the old guy not to mess with them. Uh, so, I mean, when it works, it works. It's just, yeah, uh, I think there's, again, I think there's some, you know, there's an, it's just kind of weird how they sort of divert from what the path that it kind of seems like they're taking in the beginning. Like I was thinking, watch, watching this, a friend of mine told me a story um, that he, uh, he has, he took martial arts lessons for years and years and years. And when he was in college, he was in a bar with a girl and there was a guy who was drunk in there and came up to them and started kind of bothering the girl. And my friend said, Hey, leave her alone. And, uh, he's like, no, I'm not going to. And like took a swing at my friend or grabbed him or something like that. So my friend said, and he's not like a big imposing guy or anything like that. You know, you look at him and you think like, Oh, this guy, you know, wouldn't hurt anybody or anything. But he said he, it was just, like reflexes he grabbed the guy and need him right in the head and the guy it knocked the guy out cold instantly and he said it was nothing like the movies at all you know nobody cheered everybody stopped he thought he'd killed the guy for a second because the guy just is splayed out on the floor 
and just everybody stopped in the bar you know it was like the record scratched or whatever and they're just like why did you do that and they called the police and you know he had to talk to the police and everything you know he didn't get arrested or anything but he was just like it was horrible yeah you know so i think there's you you could do somewhat of an interesting thing and still have an action movie with a guy who is so highly trained that it's like oh he you know he's a deadly weapon so he's got to restrain himself because he just regular burglars or whatever are no match for him you know what i mean well and also like uh, again we don't need to make it a totally different movie but i think there's enough there's enough public awareness of ptsd and that you you've got very fertile material here um to mine and i don't you know it doesn't need to be born on the fourth of july but no elements of that like what made the guy want to stop you know he he wanted a wife and family okay why specifically like let's get into some of that how did he meet his wife what's their relationship how much does she know you know when is he in control and when is he slightly not in control all yeah. of that's really interesting. And an actor like Bob Odenkirk, I think it makes that stuff not only look effortless, but he brings a real, um, I think part of what makes him a great comedian, a great comic actor, is is the the shades of subtlety he's able to paint with. Because like, and, and Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are, are really masterpieces of modern television. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's on full display there. Right. I mean, he, in a single scene, he can go from begging for his life and you're really afraid he's going to die. And he's mm-hmm. really afraid he's going to die. And that lands and then it can flicker into something funny and it can take a turn and then it can go into the absolutely absurd. And it, it is spinning kaleidoscope. That's not easy to do. I mean, no, that's excellent writing and that's yeah, very good directing too. But I mean, there's a reason why they picked him for the spinoff because he's great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, the first, um, and again, he was a, you know, cartoony action star and all that, but the first Rambo movie, First Blood is an interesting, you know, it's a fun action movie in a lot of ways, but also it's this kind of exploration of this guy who's this killing machine who doesn't really want to do any of that anymore, but he's pushed to the limit, you know, and has to, you know what I mean? And you could, you could put a little bit of that in a, in a movie like this, you know, I don't know. It just, again, I think that's a me problem and not the movie itself. No, I, I I think you're right. I mean, there's a lot, there's a whole thing you could explore on just you know our our society's conception of what you know that suburban male right he he's not the breadwinner his wife is mm-hmm. um you know these expectations that we have in our society that of course not everybody feels subject to but i think a lot of people do and they maybe they're putting that on themselves and maybe them and their spouses are putting it on each other yeah but it's it's a thing um and it doesn't need to be a big cartoony thing, right? Yeah. It doesn't need to be the henpecked husband. There's other ways to show that this guy is pressurized. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. 
So, I mean, I guess would I recommend it? Uh, yeah. I mean, all that being said, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's an okay popcorn movie. It's not my favorite. I liked seeing Bob Odenkirk do something a little more physical. Uh, I yeah. think he, he pulled it off. I wish that it had run deeper because I think he felt a little bit in shallow waters here. And I thought that was a shame. Like this guy is capable of doing he some do really three-dimensional yeah. stuff. And this yeah. is pretty two-dimensional material as presented. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would kind of give it a marginal recommendation as well. I mean, once I, you know, after about that 30, 40 minute point that I just was like, oh, okay, this, I'm not going to get the movie that I was hoping it was going to be. So I just went with it. And like you said, it's entertaining. I mean, just as a ridiculous popcorn movie. And again, you know, I guess people who are into the, the John Wick movies, if you haven't seen this one, if you like those movies, you're going to like this from what I understand. You Probably. Know. I think I feel like they spent more money on those movies that 16 thing. million is a pretty low budget, you know, and I, yeah. I would imagine I'm just guessing, but maybe the first one they didn't spend a lot, but they would have had to have spent a good bit just to get Keanu Reeves in it. Yeah. I don't and think I'm sure Bob the budget pulls in Keanu money. No, no. I'm sure the, I'm sure the, uh, uh, the budgets probably went up as they went along, you know? Um, so I don't know. Uh, and they're going to make another one. And I don't, you know, I might watch it you know, now that I know what I'm getting into. I have a hunch it's going to be more of the same, but jacked up. Yeah. And that's what they always to, do. They're going to jack up the parts of it. I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my hunch. There's um, going to be almost none of the, like any little bit of nuance that it had in the beginning. It's yeah. probably just going to all be gone, you know? Um, well, we'll see. Um, Along the, let me just tell you something real quick. I don't know if you saw about this or not, but along the lines of action and a franchise that to me started out pretty grounded and just got sillier as it went along, uh, Lethal Weapon. I don't know if you saw or not, they're making another Lethal Weapon and Mel Gibson is going to direct it uh, because Richard Donner died and Richard Donner, you know, before he died, they, they, were, in the, they were planning to make another one and he was, he told Mel Gibson, you know, I think he knew he didn't have a lot of time left, I guess. And was like, Hey, you're going to direct this. And he was like, no, you know, you're going to be around or whatever. So, so Mel Gibson has, you know, he's going to, I mean, it's in production, I guess, and they're coming back. And, and the thing that's hilarious is uh, Danny, I was reading some about it in the original movie, Danny Glover was playing 10 years older than he actually is. <laughs> So if they go by the timeline of the movie, which I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't be, he would be 80. <laughs> so, and it's like, I mean, it's really going to be, we're getting too old for this shit, you know? Oh, um, man. But, you know, whatever you say about Mel Gibson, he can direct. So it would be interesting. Right. I don't think his talent has ever really been the issue. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I mean, his, but, you know, that could be, I'm sure it'll just be a giant cartoon movie and a big joke because that's what they do with these sequels. But again, that is a, you could do something pretty neat with that. I think, you know, sure. And, you could. I mean, it's yeah. a buddy, it's a classic buddy cop. Um, yeah. But I, I doubt that'll happen. I figure it'll be really silly. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, they're making another, making a fifth Indiana Jones. 
which I, I think we've talked about this a couple of times on here, but I, again, I hope it's just not a total cartoon thing. You know, you could, I hope he dies at the end. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure I'm in the minority on that. And I'm sure Disney isn't going to do that, but it would yeah. be nice if it is, you know, the first one is a serious movie with some jokes. And by the time they get to the end of that franchise, it's just a comedy, you know? Um, I don't know why they always do that with, with franchises, but it would be, you know, it, it's going to be funny, but I, and what is his name? James Mangold, who's directing it, you know, because Spielberg's out, which I think is a good thing, because I don't think Spielberg wants to do those kind of movies anymore. And, you know, Mangold is a good, really good director. Yes, he is. Know. Especially um, you when know. you let him off the leash. Yeah. Like, um, I thought Logan was great. Logan, Logan was great. Was and great. Ford versus Ferrari was great. You yeah, know? it was really good. Really, so, really good. So he can do drama and he can do action. So, and, and it's at this point, I'm just glad that we're going to get another Indiana Jones movie while Harrison Ford's still alive. I don't even care if it's not great, you know, but I don't know. It's kind of along those lines. Would you want to talk about baby Yoda for a minute? Sure. So um, again, spoiler, it's been, it's finished for a couple of weeks, but uh, did you enjoy the finale? Of oh, Boba, yeah. the Boba Fett show. I really, I was going to say about the Indiana Jones franchise and a little bit about the Star Wars franchise. I never, when I was younger, thought I would get to the point where I sort of had my fill of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but having just gone back and rewatched all of the Indiana Jones things, and I think I, it's just the age I'm getting to. You know, and now there's there's a whole arc of the Skywalker thing that happened in the next movies. And I enjoy I've enjoyed all these movies, but I, I think I'm Me just too. to the point where I'm kind of like, ah, you know, I'm not going to say I won't go see it uh, as a move, but I'm not sitting here. You know, there was a time in my life when I was like waiting for these things to come out and three um, years between now it might be that i i might watch it but i might wait until it's streaming <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know i don't yeah. know <laughs> just to check it out but the, the the but on that is this uh this mandalorian thing and the book of boba fett spinoff they're doing that that fills in that time frame that's more familiar with the first three movies fleshing out that era and in the way in which it honors it like I don't I don't want to I don't think we should do any uh, Boba Fett spoilers if we can avoid. But there's so much fun they have with bringing back creatures and little side characters and bringing in characters. There's a character they bring in from the animated Clone Wars cartoon series. So only real Star Wars diehard fans will have watched that stuff. Um. But it still has got great characters in it. So this guy shows up live action and you're like, whoa, who is this dude? And some people are like, well, yo, it's this dude, you know, mm -hmm. but it's fun either way because yeah. it's just got it. There's this richness to it that you're like, I bet a lot of people know who that is, even if I don't. And you're right, because they, they, they wouldn't bring in a featured thing like that. Like they pluck all these little 
fan favorite gems from the way back and and weave it into the story and i am loving it yeah i have to admit with and i think it's interesting because i think they've maybe painted themselves into a bit of a corner because i i initially i was into the the boba fett show and then i started to get kind of bored with with what was going on so you've got basically the first first four episodes are the book of boba fett and then i don't think this is a spoiler at this point to say that towards the end of the season so five six seven the mandalorian and baby yoda come back and that i was just like okay i love this um and it's almost kind of like you know, they needed, obviously this is what they planned all along, but it was almost like they brought Mando and baby Yoda in to kind of save the show. You know what I mean? And so now you have, um, like for example, my, uh, you know, my sister, she's six years younger than me. And we saw, you know, we saw return of the Jedi together in the theater. You know, she was a little kid and I was a little bit older. She loves, the Mandalorian and was really not all that interested in watching the show. And I said, just skip to episode five. You don't really need to watch the first four episodes if you don't care about Boba Fett. And she's like, okay. And then, you know, she was really into it at that point. You know, there was a little bit that she's kind of, you know, but you can watch the recap or whatever. So I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm not sure with, and uh, they said this, the um, the viewership was up 36% for the finale of this over the finale of Mando. So, um, you know, there, there's definitely going to be a second season of Boba Fett. I don't think this is just going to be a limited thing and they're not ever going to bring him back. You know what I mean? It's So it's like, can, can Mando as a show survive without Baby Yoda, uh, which it, I mean, he's going to be in the next season, apparently. And can Boba Fett survive without Mando and Baby Yoda? You know? I don't know, but I like that they are... Um, I like that they're leaving it all on the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was one of the things I loved about The Walking Dead for the first long chunk of it and i understand it closely followed the comic books but this is true so you go to the source material people that you loved died all the time reading that comic like mm -hmm. and, and you'd be heartbroken <laughs> you and so that was reflected in the show but uh you you'd be like oh no what are they going to do now and they would introduce a new character that you would fall in love with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kept you always caring. Well, for a long time, it kept you caring. And nothing can go 10 plus seasons without getting a little soft in the middle. Writers leave, showrunners leave, star gets big, stars can't get paid anymore. You know what I mean? Stars don't have the hearts in it, whatever. Nothing is goes on forever, but... The Mandalorian, I really was like, well, you brought back Luke Skywalker. What are you going to do for season two? 
you know? And they're like, oh, it's going to be about Boba Fett. And I was like, no way. And so what are they going to do for season three? As long as you can keep me delighted, I'm in. Um, inevitably, they're going to get to look. There's one episode where it followed the Mandalorian and he was like with the other Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. And I could care less. Yeah. There's like a woman one. And she's like, here is the philosophy. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares what you're saying. Who are you? And then there's a big guy. I'm like, oh, he's the big one. He's the big man. <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody cares. This just feels like filler. But yeah. I mean, the whole thing is pretty is pretty short on the filler, really. So as long as as long as there aren't like, I mean, even Game of Thrones, there was ep- I love that show. There was game. There was whole episodes of that where I was like, oh what oh what, you know? I'm like that yeah. was terrible that was the most boring crap they just walked around the woods and like there was nothing surprising or interesting in that and i think if that show hadn't been mostly not that i wouldn't have stuck with it but it was mostly not that but it's like everything falls into that where you feel like oh you got lazy this episode and the main writers were off and you got the rookie writers in to cobble something together yeah yeah and you know with this there were again like i was saying there was that some of the stuff with boba fett and the sand people i was just kind of like i don't really care about this but once it really kicked into gear those last three episodes and as much as i liked the finale of the mandalorian the second season of mandalorian where they brought luke in i liked this even better and it was just for old fans like this us i just felt like i had a permanent grin for five, six, and seven, you know, and there's stuff that's fan service, but I didn't care. Like you said, there, are, there's a creature that comes back that we get to see in the end that we've never seen in, in this way before. And that was just, I thought was so right. cool. Just them. Uh, and some Mando, droids. There's some droids that I thought were pretty cool. Yeah. Some cool droids, but just Mando and Boba Fett in a battle flying around with their jetpacks. You know, Which I just what, exactly what we did with the action figure. Yeah. You know, so that's they know exactly that. I mean, what we did with the action figures. We made little movies of us flying them around, like I'm a jetpack. <laughs> and now we now we see it. And I think uh, uh, John Favreau, I think, is probably around our age, so I'm sure he did the same thing. You know, so it's there's so much fun. It it feels like that they put into this. You know, and uh, now in May you have. Um, the Obi-Wan show, which I don't think John Favreau has anything to do with, but um, I'm excited for that, you know, so yeah. Yeah, that's got, that'll be interesting. I mean, I'm definitely going to check it out. You know, I'm definitely going to have a look. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. So let's let's wrap this up. Uh, uh, Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. Maybe you're watching us on YouTube. Thank you. Subscribe, like. Um, Maybe you're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, send us a message. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Say something nice. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, next time we're going to do The Shape of Water. Yes. Because so I have never seen to Guillermo that. del Toro. Yeah. And, uh, and it was an Academy Award winning film. And it's not, you know, it's not an old Best classic, picture. but definitely want to check that out so join us on that one for next time absolutely um do you have anything else you want to add 
I don't think so. Uh, other than I don't do not think that we said that nobody is on HBO Max. So if you have HBO Max, you can watch it for free. It's right there, just waiting for you to watch. So, and and the Shape of Water is on Hulu, I believe. If you're a Hulu subscriber, okay. Yeah, I hadn't checked to see where it's available, but um, yeah, I felt like I was a little too harsh on nobody, but it's you know. It's fine. Sometimes, you know, you like a thing enough to kind of pick it apart. And sometimes it's just the mood you're in. And we've had a couple people comment and be like, why do you even do this if you don't like the movie? And I'm like, no, we we love the movies. It's just, you know, we just like to kind of get around and snark on it sometimes. Like, it's whatever. I'm not saying we could make a better movie or. That's just part no. of how we enjoy the movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's a miracle that great movies, you know, I mean, you've worked, you've, yeah. you've worked on movies before. So making you know. a movie that isn't mind numbingly boring. That's the baseline. Make a movie that is not mind numbingly boring. That is really hard. Forget funny or great or unforgettable or interest. Any of the other good stuff just to make a feature length film that isn't unwatchably boring is crazy difficult to do. Yeah. And we're and not, we gonna- this wasn't that. This wasn't mind-numbingly boring. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. And we just gushed over Boba Fett for several minutes. I mean, we like stuff. It's not, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be like somebody. Things. We like things. I don't want to be somebody who just hates everything. And most of the things that we've covered for this podcast, we I think we've liked more stuff yeah. than we didn't like. Well, we know? ragged on this for an hour and then we both yeah. recommended it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I'm excited to see Shape of Water. I, I uh, sort of surprised I haven't already seen it because I like Del Toro and uh, I don't know. It's kind of sometimes a movie comes out and you're like, oh, I should see that. And you just never get around to it. And then, yeah. And that's what's nice about doing a podcast. That's you have right. to watch movies. So give each other little movie assignments. All right. So um, unless you have anything to add. Nope. We will talk to you next week.